Hey, just want to take a quick break from this episode so I could tell you guys about how I just launched my new Patreon page. If you don't know about Patreon, it's a great way for people to support creators with a monthly subscription. Becoming a Patreon supporter can even come with a few perks, like early access to new episodes and getting special shoutouts on the podcast. I've recently started working part-time at my job so I can focus more time and energy on the podcast and YouTube channel. So any support would be massively appreciated, and it helps me towards my hope of making this my full-time job someday. So if you want to help support me in that, please head over to patreon.com slash hooptheory. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash hooptheory. Thank you so much for listening, and enjoy the rest of the show. Hello and welcome to the Devin Booker episode of the Hoop Theory Podcast, aka episode 70. My name is Logan Wortman, recording this one on the evening of Friday, January 12th. And as usual, I'm joined by my kind co-host, Jacob Roth. Jacob, how does it feel to be on the Devin Booker episode, which is in honor of his career-high 70-point game in Boston from 2017? Feel great. <laughs> um, shout out to Boston, though, because we won that game despite Devin Booker dropping a 70 burger mm-hmm. which I think that's the lamest thing ever to celebrate someone that scores 70 and then look at the scoreboard and they still lost you think it's dumb to celebrate somebody scoring 70 points in a game no I just remember <laughs> like the ESPN on Instagram and Twitter and all the all the places that eve yeah and it was like Wilt Chamberlain but it was Devin Booker holding a 70 point sign yeah. like I think the locker room made him do that and the 70 points, obviously that part needs to be celebrated. I just think it's hysterical that the Suns were so bad at that point, they still lost by like 10 or something like that. 10, 15 points. Yeah. Like it was, it was like a close game, but it wasn't like... It was te- I think it was 10 point game. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of games that aren't close at all, do the Celtics like basketball at all? <laughs> because sometimes I feel like I turn on the TV all excited. Oh, Bill Belichick quit being the head coach of New England. Let's watch my favorite basketball team to cheer me up. Mm -hmm. And then I watch the equivalent of Centennial High School, shout out to Utica, Nebraska, (laughs) walking out onto the court against the greatest basketball team you've ever watched. Where Barbie, Barbie, apologize to Bobby Portis. Uh Bobby Portis drops 28. My eyes were popping out of my head watching (laughs) I was just begouched. It was so irritating. And yeah. I, like, I, I, okay, well, I tried to watch the whole game, but TNT was like, <laughs> nope, you don't get to watch the end. It's garbage, uh-huh. which it was. But uh, pretty much after, like, the 33 to nothing run, I just put it as background and was like, this, just forget about it. Just At just what point did that happen? Halftime-ish. Going into half, it was like right. It was like in the. It was like five to six minutes left in the second quarters when the thirty-three to nothing run happened. Okay, and I was like, you know what I love, just like not like how. And what confuses me more is like the only person that I would say like it looked like we were just playing a slower version of basketball than them. 
Like, everything developed slower. We took less shots. If you, like, look at the Celtics' shooting percentages, they're not atrocious outside of Jalen Brown, who was, like, 4 for 16 because shooters shoot. But everyone else was, like, fine-ish. Not good, but fine. And then they sat starters the entire second half, and it was a terrible day for Boston sports fans. But we got Gerard Mayo hired today, which I am pretty amped about. New coach. For those of you... New coach for the New England Patriots. I know this is a basketball podcast, but guess what? Uh, I watch other sports, so <laughs> you have to listen to this for two seconds. Um, Gerard Mayo, legendary middle linebacker, Tennessee volunteer for college, and uh, played middle linebacker for Patriot, the Patriots from like, I don't know when he started. He won, I think he won two Super Bowls. This is the he head coach? Won the new head coach. Yeah, okay. he's like 37. Wow. He's so like young. Like a rebuilding phase, obviously. Yeah. Is Robert is Kraft really like still the head honcho? Yeah, he still owns owns yeah. the team. Uh we're also getting a GM. Ooh, because we've been Popoviching it since Bill Belichick got there. Almost. Mm. Oh, so, so like, is Popovich Popoviching before Belichick was? I thought that was like the other way around for some reason. Maybe it's I just call it Popoviching because it's a basketball podcast. Yeah. I think technically Popovich is Belichicking, but maybe. I, I don't know what well, year. No. I know this Popovich was became the GM in like the nineties. Popovich was technically never hired as a as a head coach in the NBA. He's considered um, like he, the best coach ever, and he literally was never actually hired to be the head coach. He was the GM who appointed then, himself the head coach. So it was uh Popovich did it first, because midway through the ninety six, ninety seven season, as he took he over as head coach. Yeah. So Belichick is Popovich, mm. which is Cool. Um, and I think the reason that we use those is because those are the like other teams have tried it, uh, and these are the only two like people that did it to any level of success. Yeah, at had all. staying power. Yeah. And I think both of them uh, are because they could build around like two or like like one or two Hall of Famers. Like obviously Belichick had Brady. Yeah. And then like Popovich had. had Duncan. Yeah. Like those are like you know goat, what I mean. Like they both had players. In that guy that they could be like. Oh, I made a mistake as a GM. Doesn't matter. I've got that guy. Mm-hmm. He'll he'll do some wizard stuff. Um, that went on a tangent. Um, very disappointed in the Boston Celtics. Uh, Joe Mazzula, you know what I love? That you get, like, timeouts in a game and you can call them? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's it just, always been just, his downfall, I've heard. At least. Well, it's What makes me more mad, it's been all of their downfall. Brad Stevens, I just like to let my players play. Yeah. You know what you also could do? Coach! But that's no disrespect to GM Brad. In Brad, we trust. I have a t-shirt somewhere. I'm sure, maybe, is that next man up? Or did I do that on this podcast where I pulled out my shirt that says, in Brad, we trust? I honestly don't remember. I think it was probably next man up at that point. Because it feels like that was a long time ago. But... I think we've at least anyway, said that on this podcast, I'm sure. That t-shirt does not fit me anymore because I am a fatty. <laughs> I'm a fat boy. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it's a little bit later than we normally record, so if this one feels a little unhinged. That is why. That's probably why. But anyway, um, bit angry, but shout out Celtics still don't have 10 losses. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could be worse. You have nine. Um, Only team. Only team with not 10 losses. Um, Celtics are terrible on the road. Also, I'm going to throw this out there. And I think you said something about it when we were talking. 
uh, schedule loss a little bit. Yeah. You can't lose like that. It was a schedule like, loss, but not not a schedule. Blowout. It was not a schedule bend over and and accept what's happening to you. Yeah, type of game. Like it should not have been. Mm-hmm. Um, but hey, one thing that the Bucks can do is sit their star player and not let him play thirty five points a game to break some sort of scoring record like the Sixers. Just I had to jack. I feel like I haven't down talked like the Sixers and Joel Embiid in like a while. We did. We just have a whole episode about that. I wasn't mean episode. enough to him. Uh, I don't think I was mean. I mean, enough, we, we so. were talking about how good of a season he was having. Um. um so yeah, it, it was more positive than usual for sure. Um, and also something I noticed today. I, so for those that remember, listen last year. Um. I like had like a weird cult following of the Kings. Yeah. I've dropped off a little bit this year. As I have with the Cavs too. My my focus has be- shifted from Celtics and Kings to just give me as much Chet Holmgren and Thunder basketball as a human body can take. Mm-hmm. And they're the two seed in the West right now. Oh, uh, man. Before we get into that though, I just wanted to uh, interject the – like, you know, put some respect on Bobby Portis's name a little bit. Cause that was how many games do you think he's scored? Like what where do you think that ranks in his all time scoring highs in games? Eighth. Twelfth. Well no, I know that Bobby Portis can get buckets, but it's more like this yeah. is kind of old Bobby Portis. Is he old? I thought he was like twenty seven, twenty eight, right? 28 I feel like, almost 29 336 days well shout out uh, when this comes out maybe it's bobby portis's birthday i don't know how long it takes <laughs> i don't think it'll be that long <laughs> well what if we do record on bobby portis's birthday no matter what the number is he gets the episode okay that probably what it is. it's like a month from now so uh it'll be a few episodes it'll be like 73 74 episode number okay also make this a clip Okay, ready for okay. this? Okay. Okay. Hey there, everyone. Uh, this is getting interjected in the beginning of the intro for the Hoop Theory podcast, but I personally believe that the BYU legend, Jimmer Fredette, deserves an episode to be named after him, and certain other people that may or may not be a part of the podcast are haters. So if under this this little TikTok or Instagram or whatever, just comment, Hashtag free my boy Jimmer. Boy spelled with an I. <laughs> that would be appreciated. Then I could finally get an episode named after Jimmer for debt. Um, and for all you youngins that don't know who that is. So the way that you look at like Steph Curry, like pulling up from half court and go, oh, I'm Curry. A whole generation of people yelled that for Jimmer for debt. Uh-huh. He played for BYU. He's a legend in China. And then he's also taking over the three by three circuit in the Olympics. Oh, really? I didn't even know that. A uh, Jimmer is spelled J I M M E R. Free my boy B O I Jimmer hashtag underneath. Thank you. I'd like to get this hashtag trending because obviously our podcast has that type of power. This is way too rambly to be a TikTok. Anyway, do that. You can cut <laughs> that out and just make it a clip and not have it be a part of the podcast. I don't care. Um, I just um, I, you, we no, talked about fine. kind of a, a relevant people being a podcast title, yeah. and I was like, my boy Jimmer is on there. Anyway, didn't we agree to a number for him? I can't. Re- I thought I can't remember what it was. I think I made like you it was like found his, like, his career high in China. in China. Yeah, 
So it was like 75 no, or something like that. I thought his career high in sh- – yeah, I don't remember. I'll have to find it. It was a number that – it wasn't 73 because 73 is what you wanted for some reason. I feel – but I wonder – because my, my thought is let's say that that goes like rampant through like Mormon Twitter. You know? Then we're famous. We're Mormon famous. And that's even more famous than regular famous. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Imagine – okay. Close your eyes and imagine this. A Mormon pastor – brings us up during a sermon in utah that would be that, a level that could be our future yeah. we'll never hear about it but that could be our future mm-hmm. and he would just use, use us as some sort of imagery or or metaphor in a sermon yes we are the followers and jimmer is joseph smith mm. i am out of mormon knowledge that can get kind of anyway um i'm ready for the meat yeah <laughs> all right <laughs> well uh, anyways, I, Bobby Portis, his career high is 38, by the way. Uh, but uh, wow. Bulls, Bobby Portis, probably. Yes. That was on Chicago when he was, was 23 Febu- years old, 23, February 19th against the Pistons. What? I I just guessed a random date. Oh, oh I thought, okay. I was like, where are you getting that? No, this was against the Sixers in 2018. So the Sixers were really bad at that point. Yeah, because this was the 2018 season. So it was the year before uh, they were like pretty good. Before, ben before the ramp year. up. Before the process fully rolled. Injured yeah. Ben Simmons rookie year. Yeah. Well, yeah. healthy Ben Simmons rookie year. Because his this, injured rookie this year was, was, his, was the year he sat out. <laughs> was 17-18 or was, was it that year, the 18-19? This is 17-18. This is that. Ah. Yep, yeah, that makes sense. I'm tracking. It's February. But uh yeah, so before I, I interjected the Bobby Portis thing before you, you started going off on something else. It was a thunder. You had brought up Chet Holmgren. Oh man. He's I don't know if you, year. Okay. Yeah. He is. He's gotta be. Yeah, that's an interesting like, conversation because I've had some thought I don't think we've talked about this really, but I like, think I think that if Sorry, go ahead. Go. I think that it's totally understandable, totally fair. I might even lean Chet, honestly, if I had to vote for one person. But I guess where I get caught up is I don't know if it's like a clear, definitive like blowout, like people are trying to say it is. Because oh, it's definitely there, not. There's definitely an argument to be made for Wemby, I'd say, and that's like if you switch them around. Do you think Chet does what what Wemby's been doing on on this terrible Spurs team where nobody can share the ball or like do anything like resembling good basketball for the most part other than like Keldon Johnson's pretty good but I think it's close like no but I think it's closer than a lot of people think because Chet I think is also playing way different than he was if he knew he was the only show in town. He like yeah, might yeah, acknowledge totally. that I'm like the th- Anywhere between the second and fourth best player on my team, depending on what night it is and who's hot and stuff like that. Like, obviously, Shea's one, but, like, if... Um, yeah, but isn't that part of what makes his case, though, too? Like, why he's playing that he's well? like, It's he's because he plays in into role. the role. And he's yeah. being super efficient. Like, his efficiency is a huge thing. No, but I think that if he was on a bigger team, his number... Or on a worse team where he was, like, it's the Chet... I think his numbers would be crazy. You do? Not like break the world, but like, yeah, a little bit. I think his numbers would be kind of nuts. 
Could be. It's just hard to tell. But I, I feel like Wemby, what, like, imagine Wemby on this Thunder team playing that way. Who knows? I, like, I just, it's hard to compare. But that's also hard because Wemby feels like a guy that also would play into a role. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like he's also like, because honestly, he kind of already does. And everyone else around him is definitively worse. Yeah. And just doesn't, like, they just don't read the game as well as he does. Which is just crazy to think. Like, I get that European basketball, Euro League is like catching up to the NBA in terms of like, it's different. It's not the same. It's not the same level. But like, guys coming out of the Euro League are more and more NBA ready. There's yeah. no like growing pain. There's less and less growing pains as time continues. Yeah, for sure. But Wemby. And I think the other thing is I wonder how much of our brains is being infected by, like, the big media people. Because, like, you don't ever catch very many, like, look at Chet just being a dog, getting that board and outlet passing it, you know? And then Wemby does something crazy. Like that full court. Oh, like you're saying that Wemby gets more media coverage. Yeah, which he should yeah. because of what he And he's just be. a lot more famous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is like, I'd say why. But what would you guess Chet Holmgren's three point percentage on this year has been? Um, I'm gonna. I think it's pretty good, but I don't know what it. I'm gonna go thirty seven percent, thirty eight, somewhere in forty point one percent. Wow, it has jumped up since the last time I looked at it. The last ten games, it's at forty seven point eight. Okay, that's so. That's why. <laughs> Jeez. No, but I'm saying is like he's like stepped up in ten games. Isn't like a nothing stretch to jump it to that. No, yeah. You that's I mean that's like, a, yeah, 10 games is a decent sample, yeah. Um that's wild, honestly. He's And it's on, let me check how many points like shots per game on just under 5 attempts a game. So it's not on like no attempts. Yeah. Four not and a half close. attempts a game. Yeah. Like for a role I, player I think, for a stretch 5 that's like really up there. He's the most overqualified stretch 5 in the history of basketball. <laughs> yeah, I mean Maybe not. He's young, but I mean, shout out, no disrespect to Matt Bonner, the first man to ever do it. That was a joke. It's he's not the, the uh, Chris Apps Porzingis. He's, I mean, he he's a stretch five, but is he true. not as overqualified? But I think that right he, now, like, Porzingis versus Chet. My heart? No, like, who do you oh. think is the better player at the moment right now? Oh, Tingus Pingus. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But, but Tingus Pingus has been doing this for a hot minute. Yeah. Also, I think if I have to get, like, I want to get a custom Celtics jersey that says Tingus Pingus. On the back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would be I, a, I feel wor like, a worthwhile investment, for sure. I feel like that would, but then I'm scared that it'll just be gone. Oh, but that I feel like leave? the chances of Chris Stapps retiring a Celtic are higher than the chances of Jalen Brown retiring a Celtic. Wow. That's kind of crazy. I'm not disagreeing with you. I just think that's kind of crazy to think about. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, like, is that crazy? I don't think it's crazy. You said it's not crazy, but like, really? Yeah, it's not it, crazy, crazy from the standpoint of I don't think it's right. It's just crazy that it's like, oh, wow, that's a, you know, it's like a random crazy fact that, you know, you just put out. Not necessarily saying it's a fact, but you know what I mean? Yeah. I just like in my brain, poor Zing is sticking around and like turning into the next Al Horford just being paid like adequately for your talent. Uh-huh. Just in a Celtics jersey? Yeah. 
I don't know. I would, yeah, I think that would be. Maybe not, because maybe he'll like play really well through these next like three years and then be like, I deserve max. I don't know. I don't know Chris Tapps. I don't know Tingus Pingus personally. That's also one of the greatest videos in the history of mankind. Yeah. It's who the is Tingus Pingus. Uh, that's the night he was drafted. It was a Knicks fan yelling for those that don't know, aren't up to date on their uh, NBA lore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. He was drafted fourth and um, obviously the draft is held every year in New York and the whole crowd is booing. Um, and then yeah. a guy on the TV, like he's like at home at his t- <laughs> at his t- <laughs> I'm sorry. I just get the visual of like the dark room and the only light. Is the TV, TV yeah. and it's this dude yelling, "Who the f is Tingus Pingus?" <laughs> like sounds like uh, a Macho Man Randy Savage. Mm-hmm. Did you put that video in there? I don't think that'd be copyright striked, right? I don't think there's a copyright on it. No, there's no way. I don't know. If, I'll probably put it in. We'll see. What the f- did they do? Who the f- is this? Who the f- is Tingus Pingus? I never heard of f-ing Latimia. You drafted this fucking kid, you stupid motherfuckers, you. Um, but anyways, moving on to, I guess like the next thing that we actually have written down to talk about. Um, so the next one thing that we did want to talk about was that legendary interview. This is a clip I'll definitely put in here. Legendary post game interview that head coach of the Toronto Raptors, Darko oh. Rajkovic, had. Um, after their loss to the Lakers in overtime in a game where the Lakers, I believe, had 37 free throws on the game and they had 23 in the fourth quarter alone. While, and 19 in the last four minutes. Yeah. and That's what I think the crazy part was. Anthony Davis, I think, had 11 in the last four minutes himself. And um, Scotty Barnes, star, best player on the Raptors are, are debatably him or Siakam. Uh, he only had two free throws, but the the Raptors had a, as an entire team only had two free throws in the entire fourth quarter, while the Lakers had twenty three. Which, you know, it, like, sometimes things are lopsided in terms of like how physically teams are playing and stuff like that. But it's probably not that lopsided. No, unless one team is headhunting, that is insane. Yeah, for sure. Like intentional fouls would ramp it up a bit, but like. Some teams don't take 19 in a game mm-hmm. or 23 in a game. Mm-hmm. You know, I bet the Raptors didn't take that many in the game with how the fourth quarter went. Yeah, I don't think so. Darko's rant, though. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Doug. That's 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 outrageous. What happened tonight? This is completely BS. This is shame. Shame for the referees, shame for the league to allow this. 23 free throws for them, and we get two free throws in, in the fourth quarter. Like, how to play the game. I, all, I understand uh, respect for all-stars and all of that, but we have star players on our team as well. How's possible is Scotty Barnes, who is all-star caliber player in this league, he goes every single time to the rim with force and trying to get, get uh, to, to the rim without flopping and, and not trying to get foul calls. He gets two uh, free throws for the whole game. How is that possible? How are you going to explain that, that, that to me? They had to win tonight? If that's, if that's the case, just let us know so we don't show up for the game. Just give them a win. But that, that was not fair tonight. 
and this is not happening first time for us. Scotty Barnes is going to be all-star. He's going to be the face of this league. And what, what's happening over here during whole season, I've been holding it back. It's a complete crap. Coach, do you feel like you're getting any explanations at all? That offensive foul, did you did you see like get any explanation? No, no, there is no explanation. They just they just come up there, they review what and they see what they want to see. They don't want to hear us what we got to say. They don't want to hear the players. They they they, they don't just want to protect us. Over the game they got thirty six free throws, twenty three free throws in in the fourth quarter. What are we talking about? What are we talking about? How are we gonna supposed to play? Is this a, a one off or do you feel this has been happening to your team a lot throughout the it's happening a lot, but I'm telling our guys, be professional, keep fighting, keep going for the next one. But until when? For how long? Else? Thank, you. Thank you. He got fined, obviously, 25K for it, uh, which a lot of people were saying that that was like a small amount. But I think that's just the standard. I'm pretty sure that's like the same amount they find players and, and coaches every time in the postgame interview when they criticize the refs. Like when Fred Van Vliet went off on Ben Taylor last year, that he got fined 25K, which that was a Raptors interview also, just connecting. <laughs> it's just a Toronto thing, I guess. But um, yeah, so him yelling in his you know Serbian accent you know, that this is complete crap and complete BS. It's just kind of, and I love the line that he said about they have to win tonight. Just let us know that. So we don't even show up to the game. Like just tell us beforehand that this is a game that the Lakers have to win. Yep. They had to win tonight. If that's the case, just let us know. So we don't show up for the game. Just give them a win. But that was not fair tonight. And that it's not happening for us. Another all-time quote from the rant. I understand and respect for all-stars and all that, but we have star players on our team as well. <laughs> Another quote. How is that possible? How are you going to explain that to me? Yeah. Okay, and this also unlocked a part of me that I never really like, cons- like verbalized or understood. And I only understand English. The English saying, I'm working on Spanish. Shout out Duolingo. But... <laughs> um. People yelling in their second language is maybe my favorite thing on the internet. Yeah. We're like, and, and I, I, I'd have to imagine that like people that speak Spanish, seeing a person that doesn't speak Spanish as their first language, like yelling and ranting, they also have to think it's kind of funny Yeah, because probably. you know exactly what he's saying. But like the way that people get there isn't always the direct line. Yeah. It's just funny. It's, that so, it, be- it's so beautiful. Yeah. Like the, how are we going to be able to play? I think he said something like that. And he's like, after he said, like, they had 23 free throws, we only had two. And he's like, how to play the game. (laughs) Also, he's the most Serbian, Eastern European looking man I've ever seen. Really? So, because, how do you say his last name? I think it's Rayakovic. Rayakovich. Rayak or Rayak. Yeah, one of those. Just, just okay. So it's not I'm not gonna have a Daglenut moment if I, I say Rayakovich. I heard I heard Ernie Johnson say it like wildly differently, but I'm pretty sure that I because typically when I don't know how to say a person's person's name, I look up a lot of I dig for quite a while to try to find like him saying it. I'm pretty sure I landed on Rayakovich when I did that. Okay. Uh if anyone was wondering, I don't do that. Yeah. That's how we get to Daglenut. <laughs> 
Uh, Diggle Nut is Mark Dagnall, the head coach of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah, you're his Jacob's favorite team. Yeah, like one of my favorite teams to watch play. It, it took me a long time to know how to actually say his last name. Yeah, not your actual favorite team, but your spirit animal favorite team. Yes, for sure. If the Oklahoma City Thunder somehow end up playing the Boston Celtics in the finals, I am going, and there's not a question. Yeah. I will. Uh, I mean, yeah, duh. Oklahoma City, that would be a. No, I would go to. Mm, I mean, it would be way. It would make way more sense to go to Oklahoma City. It's literally the closest NBA team to us. Head to York and then head south. I think that interstate goes straight to Oklahoma City. Yeah. Is there an interstate that goes south through York? Well, it doesn't turn into an interstate till later. Um, Uh, Let me double check. I know the interstate. This doesn't. Sorry, go ahead. Obviously, interstate from like Lincoln slash Omaha down to uh, Kansas City, and then that from Kansas City down to Oklahoma City is all connected. Because that's I-29. Yeah, I-29. Oh, it turns out York, it's not an interstate. It turns into an interstate in the middle of Kansas. It turns into I-35. Okay, yeah. Is that near Wichita? It uh, it looks like it's at Salina. It turns into I-35. Makes sense. Which is when it goes. So when Highway 81 hits Interstate 70 in Kansas, it turns into I-35. All right. So why were we talking about that? Going to Oklahoma City. But that probably won't happen. Maybe it will. The West is such a jumbled up crazy mess. And teams are doing better or worse than we thought. And things are crazy. And where, what, what is our, what are we talking about? Today? Darko Ryakovich is what we were oh, talking yeah. about. But I think, I mean, we don't really have much commentary, I think, to add to this other than it's funny. And, and I love him. I like, I'm like rooting for him, you know, like I, I appreciate that he went off the way he did. I think that there is a big problem with the officials in today's NBA. I think that's probably, this might be the biggest problem, honestly, facing the league right now. Um, and we've, I think, I feel like we're starting to become just like a ref podcast, especially all the clips I've been putting out recently. It's like all of them are about refs. Mm, but interesting. Um, Would you like more ref lore dropped on you or are you good? No, I think we're good for now. Yeah. Okay. I don't need, we don't need to dive into that again. In my free time, I've, per, I've looked through that website. Oh, you did? You revisited it? Yep. And I just looked at more people just because I thought it was cool. <laughs> Yeah, my yeah. favorite one, because it's also my favorite, like child book, um, Benny Adams. His favorite book is The Little Engine That Could. That's his favorite book. Mm-hmm. It's not like fa- favorite book from like a, Tony from Brothers' kid. favorite book was The Bible. Okay. And Scott Foster's favorite book was Golf, Not a Game of Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was Benny Adams. So his favorite book was The Little Engine That Could. Is that what you said? Yep. Yeah. Nice. Well. Yeah, I was just saying that it's kind of crazy that we've been talking about the refs so much, but um, yeah, it makes they it- they have made themselves the spotlight, mm-hmm. which is the opposite job of a referee. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'd agree. No Obviously. one knows if I were to show you a lineup of seventy or actually three men and said which one's Benny Adams. I bet no one could pick it out. No one would know. I've what never I heard you... of Benny Adams. On I know a lot of NBA refs, but I don't know Benny Adams. He might be like 
this is off all off the dome. I just know that he liked the little engine that could. And he'd been in the league for like a while, like almost 30 years. Oh, wow. Like 26 or something like that. I don't know. Um, Might recognize him, but. But like my point is that like a lot of people, if I were to give you three. Okay, here's one. Three white guys. One of them, Scott Foster. The average person might not know who Scott Foster is. But if I showed you three random white Serbian-looking guys and said, which one's Nikola Jokic, people might be like, I feel like I've seen that guy before. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, for sure. The, the refs do not matter. They need to stick in their lane and stop ejecting the people. People travel thousands of miles to go watch players. So if you eject that player in the first quarter, you should pay that person's like flight or something. Yeah, especially if it's, it's for, for, for dr- getting called a mother effort. If it's a Draymond spinning back fist, send him. I totally get it. But yeah. like, oh, he hurt my feelings. He said that I did a bad job. You did. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, honestly, there was you were talking about a ref podcast, and then I started ranting but yeah i like i get giving them a technical sometimes i don't i don't think Jokic should have even gotten a technical on that play that he got thrown on out on according to the rule book but there's some plays where i'm like okay yeah that's a deserved technical and it just so happened to be the second technical so he gets thrown out but this one Jokic was literally he had not had a technical so far in the game and he really hadn't had any altercations either it was just like he had, I think he had maybe be like done the very tame down common like every star player does most trips down the floor like kind of like motions, you know. But yeah. then, you know, that that play happened and he just said he yelled call the foul mother effer and then he was thrown out of the game. Just immediately, yep. instantaneously. It that like that should not happen. It just shouldn't. At all. No, it was it was quite wild. But uh, so I don't know oh, how man. to get that under control, but I just hope that it does become under control it's at some AI, point. It's AI refs by 2030. That might be it. I don't want that, I don't think, personally. Mm-hmm. I feel like the human element is like valuable to the sport, but not when it's like this. See, I don't understand. I, I remember us having an argument about this a few years ago in Denver, mm-hmm. actually, at a, at a Bojo's pizza um oh yeah yeah but i don't get that i don't get that point of view i think it's the same thing where like i don't i don't like i'm not a big change type of guy like i can i can deal with change but i just feel like the human part of like there's like humans are still the people playing the sport the refs aren't even like the refs are like a byproduct of of like they're a necessary part of like Oh, we gotta have this to make the sport work, but it's not like a part of the sport that you want. Yeah, you, know what I mean? you don't want people who have human error to be deciding, you know, the outcomes of games. They, you're just you're trying to get them to do the best they can to not be humans. You get what I mean? That's like a ref's job in a way. <laughs> yeah, but it just I don't know. They're supposed to not be humans. Or They're just the the human element. It just I don't know. I think that's a I, what's it called? It, it's a cliche logical fallacy, where probably people. Like, but Boogie, but Boogie Cousins, he couldn't have gone and yelled at a computer. 
That wouldn't have been funny or cool. But the fact that you thought he might have actually choked out Scott Foster at one point, that's pretty entertaining. It's entertaining, sure. But so are you saying you, you want to keep it because then we can have this this Jokic thing to talk about on our podcast, I guess? Is that why you want it? Um, I don't know. Because I want it to be called correctly. But maybe it's like the hybrid I talked about. We're like having like mostly AI, but then like a ref to be like, okay, like that contact. Come on. Let's be real. Computer. Mm -hmm. Maybe that would be like the perfect medium of where like foot on the line. 99% of everything is completely rule AI things, but like. Let's say a defender bumps an offensive player and like barely touches the ball and the AI thinks it wasn't enough to count, but like it totally, you know what I mean? I just, I don't know how to. But do you think that humans do a good enough job at that already? Cause I don't, I think basketball is the hardest sport to ref because of like the, the, it, you can, the NBA rulebook has not been changed very much, but Mm -hmm. the, like how the games are called have evolved without like wording and I think that's every changing. sport. Yeah. You, you like they where like every every I think every sport outside of baseball because it sucks is very like vague. Like a lot of it can be interpreted plays in a lot of different or ways. calls or or is up to interpretation. And that's why like a lot of the time in the NFL you'll hear guys say like the first quarter is like talking to refs and figuring out what'll fly that night like what'll what's okay that night and then a lot of the time at the end of the game when like there's like a big controversial defensive pass interference offensive pass interference they're like why has that been okay for three and a half quarters but here in crunch time you change your mind mm-hmm. like i feel like the nba also has that not with like foot on the line type of things but with like what is enough contact oh yeah there's a like, lot of great that's why areas. people with that that pacers celtics game that the celtics lost whatever fine i'm not mad about it um when Jalen brown got hit on the head that was a very physical basketball game yeah and there wasn't a ton like there was free throw shot but it wasn't like it felt like they were letting defense be played a little bit more than some nights yeah for sure and then that contact they're like that's for sure a problem and you were like well it felt like when there was like a lot more bump, like actual, maybe real or like less, you did, you did not call it. Yeah. But when there was more, it was just, it, it felt weird. For sure. Um, I think a big like example of that is also like with traveling, like how a lot of people who don't know much about basketball just think that, oh, the NBA is just super lax and they don't call travels, but it's actually like the, the ruling is not, defined differently anywhere it's it's like the same rule as everybody else uses for fiba and and nba but fiba and nba are the two levels that actually interpret it differently they interpret it differently because there's there's not a definition there's not a defined line of where your first step starts like where your when your pivot foot is established you know and so the only thing that's different is the nba defines when your pivot foot gets established is on the step after you have gathered the ball the first step that you land on after the ball is gathered you know so you have as you're gathering the ball that step doesn't count mm-hmm. as your pivot foot and then now you have your next this that's the whole reason james harden is able to 
step back like a million times to get behind the line is because the ball is still in in the position in his hand that it, he can go back to a dribble. Yeah, and you can stand there and do that forever, like and you know maneuver your feet like that, chop your feet and and dribble. And so he was like, if I can do that and I just keep my hand as if it's in the dribbling motion and just am chopping backwards, I technically can keep going because I'm not picking up the ball yet. Yeah. I've not gathered it. So I he's, think somewhere in between FIBA and the NBA, like, because that feels... That's not allowed in FIBA, but... No, but I feel like somewhere in between the two. Because then FIBA, it's like, oh, if you're driving to the basket and the ball doesn't hit the ground before you step, travel. Mm-hmm. And you're like what yeah it's yeah it's it's a weird line but the, at least FIBA still has like the gather step where you can you know you can do a euro euro you don't. can you, and you can euro step in european FIBA rules uh yeah fiba's fiba's everywhere except for the u.s at all is levels FIBA. is fiba even like kids oh really yeah that's why that's why like that's a big another big reason for why the U.S. is at a disadvantage in FIBA because those are the only time U- United States players play on under those rules. But mm-hmm. everywhere else in the world, that's how they've played their their whole lives is by those. Rules. I honestly would be okay with like rolling with FIBA rules if they uh, fix the Ruta Gobert problem, as I call it. Is you can just not leave the paint. Defensive ever. three, yeah. Th- that'd be good to add, mm-hmm. like because it makes players like Rudy. And probably like Chet and Wemby just busted. Or they could just stand there and be like, oh, <laughs> French noises. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's, I don't know. Be a lot Rules more are a, an intricate monster. It's a lot of twists and turns to rules. Yeah. I guess where we're going with that was, it's just refing is, is nuts. And oh yeah, because we're talking about robot refs. Mm-hmm. Um. So it'd be hard to actually like be able to get defined lines for a robot for the robot to follow. Follow, but yeah, it would be interesting to see where that goes. But anyways, moving on from that, uh, there was something I did want to bring up about uh, last episode when we started talking about. You know, we opened up with the Jokic story, which I also didn't really even say why. I said that you had promised something. I didn't say what. You know, I just kind of just didn't ever pick up the rest of that sentence. Uh, Jacob earlier when we were talking on a different episode said, have we, you know, he brought up the story of when we met Jokic at Olive Garden, not not really met, but saw him. And uh, then you were like, have we ever told that story on the podcast before? I was like, no, I don't think so. And then you were like, all right, well, we'll talk about it on episode 69. And so that's why we did it last episode. But also... Uh, something that I forgot to mention, which I'm really surprised that I didn't mention this because I thought about this not very long ago is when it kind of clicked for me that I was like, so I think what got me started into really caring about the NBA, especially the Nuggets, a lot more. Like I was always a passive Nuggets fan. I was more of like an, a 2K basketball fan um, when I was growing up. Then later in high school, I really stopped paying attention to the NBA for a couple of years there. And what really got me back into it was that great season from Jokic that he had his third season in the league, his kind of his breakout. Uh, So that was intriguing me a little bit. And then especially after we saw him and like that whole event, I think is really where it was like I bought in fully and was like, that's my guy. You know, Jokic is like my dude in the NBA. 
It, it, that's when the, pa- the torch was passed from Carmelo to uh, Jokic for me, even though Carmelo had been gone from the Nuggets for quite a while at that point. Um, and so, yeah, that's without that happening, I, there's no way I would have ever known enough about basketball to start a podcast. You know, I wouldn't have become like a basketball nerd like I, I ended up becoming <laughs> in the next couple of years after that. So, so thank that that day that the the snow really thank the snow and also our friend's dad for not wanting us to drive home in it um oh that's why we didn't go back yeah i really didn't want to go to class that's the only part of that i remember yeah uh i think it was i'm pretty sure that's what happened was like it was it was pretty pretty bad i do remember this now and because they didn't close it yet but they ended up closing it later like we would have been in the middle of the interstate when they closed it. If oh, did the interstate left, close? It, it closed? Okay. I do remember this now. I just remember like being told not to, to drive by somebody, somebody's dad in the group. Yeah. But I remember uh, yeah, that was the reason why we went to Olive Garden that day instead in Lakewood, Colorado and saw Nicole Jokic. But yeah, so if, if this is all news to you, uh, go listen to the beginning of the last episode. We, we tell that whole story there. The intro is not nearly as long as this one was. It's way shorter. Yeah. Um, well, I think this one just kind of moved into different topics. It was like that we weren't yeah, planning on. Yeah, it's true. As uh, it's kind of continued. We're getting kind of late enough. Do we just want to push back the over under talk? Or we could do like a conference or a division of the over unders. Like start looking at them. Because I'm sure we'll probably start talking about teams, you know? Yeah. We do whatever you want, and I'll just follow along with it. Okay. I think I'm, I'll just pull up the over-under sheet from that I filled out for us, that we filled out at the beginning of this season. Um, well, not even at the beginning. It was, bef- it was before the season started is when we did these. We went through uh, each division, and did an episode at a time for each of them, and these were the picks that we landed on. So I guess we'll start up in the Atlantic. And, I mean, we've already started talking about the, the Celtics a little bit, but their line preseason was 54 and a half wins did and i end up locking the over i feel like i should have you did lock the over sick okay i'm proud and of myself and i just did a normal over but we so we both did the over on that and also to explain the rules a little bit we we can either go over under stay away or lock our over and under um on the picks but we can only use one stay away and one lock per division per division it's like a, a modified version of uh, uh what um, Bill Simmons. Bill Simmons does. Yeah, I, I, ours is actually like more structured though, because they just their locks are like they can do as many of them as they want, and yeah, yeah, it's kind of it's a little little bit different, but um, this one has more of like a scoring structure to it. So Jacob went over and locked it. We both went over. Jacob locked it. Then the Brooklyn Nets. Their line was 37 and a half, which I locked the under on. And you also went under. Um, I don't still feel like amazing about them complete. I, I guess I haven't like paid attention to where the Nets are at in standings, honestly. But at one well, they've point, been a team that I feel like has done has just been quiet. The only Nets games that I have watched this year have been like the game when they played the Celtics for the in season tournament. Maybe I might have played the watch the other one when they played the Celtics, but 
Um, I, I have not watched very many Nets games for the Nets. I watched the Nets Raptors because it deemed if the Celtics got into the in-season tournament or not. Mm. But anyway. Yeah. Makes sense. So they, they actually have less wins than I thought. For some reason, I thought they were like around 500. They're not too far off, but they're 16 and 22. So they're on a 34 and a half win pace out of 82. So they're three wins below their line. So I do feel pretty good about that. So I think I'll get my lock there. We both went under on that though. The Knicks, I used my stay away on the Knicks. Their line was 44 and a half, um, which would be interesting to see what they, so they're the opposite. They're 22 and 16 is there. I didn't let you change my mind, did, did I? I stuck with the over. Um, You went over, yes, on the Knicks. Sick. I was worried that I let you change my mind. To under? Um, yeah. I don't know, but I, I went stay away. No, that's what I mean. I feel like when you were talking, you were like, I don't know, but I feel like I was like, yeah, Villanova, let's go. I don't know. I don't remember exactly. <laughs> Villanova. Yeah, so- that's pretty much what a lot of the roster is. And they added OG, which I think honestly makes it like a for sure over almost. Yeah. They, With OG, I feel like that does a lot. They are like the opposite of that's kind of, that's really weird. They're out the opposite of the nets again in this, where they're instead of being three and a half or three wins under their line, they're three wins over their line. Oh, and their their record is literally flipped. Also, that is weird. It's kind of crazy how that lines up. But so they're on a forty-seven and a half win pace. Uh, their line for, is forty-four and a half. So then the Sixers. Uh, I use my over on, or you used your stay away. I went over. Yep. Their line was forty-eight and a half. So they're going to be over also. Yeah, like I, on pace to be over. Mm-hmm, for sure, sixty-three point nine percent win percentage. I think that's like fifty something. Yeah, fifty. Oh, that's close. Well, they're forty-eight and a half. Yeah, so it's. I think it was because of the whole Harden drama. Obviously. Oh, that's probably why it was. That's definitely why it was weird. Yeah. So, but they're on pace for a little over fifty-two. So I think I feel pretty good about that. And stay away. Nothing will affect you there. Obviously, that's how that works. Uh, the Raptors, 36 and a half was their line. And we both went under, which I think started off as a really good pick. But it is pivoted hard. Yeah. I mean, they're still it's going to be tough for them to hit that. Uh, their win percentage right now is 39 and a half. Um, so that would put them at. 32.4 wins on the season. So that puts them under by like four wins, which is a decent oh, amount. Wow. So if they just feel like they feel like they've been playing a lot better, maybe it hasn't led to wins, but I feel like they've been playing a lot better as the season drags on. Yeah, they were, they're four and six in their last 10, which is definitely oh. a better win percentage. Yeah. It just feels like they've been better than that. Which, but yeah, anyway, yeah, not counting the Lakers game. They were 5-5 five and five in the last 10 before that. That's true. Well, probably. I guess I don't know what the next game that you would add in oh. would be. But And then, yeah, so that's that's the whole Atlantic. And then looking at the Central Division, the Chicago Bulls, 37.5 wins was their line. We both went under, and they're at 46. They have a better win percentage than I thought. The Bulls have been... Apparently also, not this is a thing that I forgot to bring up a couple of... I apologize. I want to... This is a moment. If you're not Kobe White, stop listening. I apologize. I disrespected your name at the start of this season. I said there's In no world 
where I would rather have Kobe White than have Gabe Vincent? I feel like it's a, just an absolute fool of a toque right now. <laughs> fool of a toque. I, I apologize. <laughs> fool of a toque. I'm sorry. You, he deserves more respect than I gave him. Oh, yeah, I mean, he sure. hasn't been like breaking the entire world or anything, but he's been like a legitimately valuable, good basketball player, albeit mm-hmm. on a bad team. But he's got to be averaging around 20 or just shy of 20. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure, but I think he's been, I think this is, he's having his career best year, which he had already been better, a lot better than you had thought that he had been already in his career before that. But yeah, he's averaging 18.5. Yeah. Yeah. I apologize. With uh, 4.9 assists, which has been looked at as, as his weakness. So a pretty good rate for that as well. Uh, efficient as well, 83% from the line, 45% from the field, and 40% from three. So pretty good season wow. for Kobe White. But that uh, their 46% win percentage puts them on a pace for just under 38 games, 38 wins, which is, in fact, over their – barely. Because, yeah, 37 It'll, it'll be close. That's like exactly – it's 37.8 is what they're on pace for, and their line is 37.5. So – uh, this is gonna be close for sure. Yeah, either way, it'll f- affect us the same because we're both we both went under, and then the Cavs line I went over. I didn't lock it though, but you locked the under on the Cavs, which you might that might be a smart that might have been a smart move. Um, I think though. their biggest thing is I feel like they were one of the teams that I felt like the rising tide of the rest of the NBA would hurt them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that um, definitely was what you had brought up for sure. They're on pace right now. They're at 22 and 15 is their record, uh, which puts them on pace for just shy of 49 wins. So it's just... What do they need? They need 51 to hit the over. Oof. So it'll be Yeah, close. no, I definitely know why I went under. I, I'm kind of shocked I locked it, but I do understand why I went under. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, I think you kept... You were going on a rant about how uh, you're just not a Donovan Mitchell guy. I just... He just irks me. I love him so much for like the when he should have been rookie of the year because he was actually a rookie and didn't get like. Also, it's funny, uh, duality of man. I'm going to be on the opposite side of this conversation because I want Chet to win. Yeah. But I feel like no other sport does this. Is that true? We, I should probably look at that before I just start saying. I know like the NFL fact. doesn't, but. And, and that's what I would. But um, I've, I've, by looking that up and reading on like Reddit and stuff. Um, it seems like the narrative there is a lot of NFL fans don't like that rule. They think it should be the other way around. That's stupid. I just think that people undervalue, like, it's not the same playing field if you sat and were around and a member of an NFL team for an entire year. But you I could just... say the same thing about people who are going to the G League or like, or people who are <clears throat> you know, playing in the Euro League for a year instead of going to college. There's advantage. There's just a different situation, but like, why? What are they? You know, is their first? You just got injured during your rookie year. Yeah, but they never played a game, so they're not an NBA rookie. I, I, I guess. You I know? don't know. I don't. Yeah. I just feel like if if they did not log a single minute, then they yeah, have, it's not their rookie year yet. They haven't had their debut. They literally have not had their debut. You know, 
I, I just, I feel like it, like it is such a huge advantage to sit for a year and just learn. It is like, an advantage. Is, I don't know what it's insanely adva- advantageous. I don't know if I would go that far, but I, it, I think it's, it's significant. I'd call it significant for sure. <clears throat> but there's other things that you could also bring up as like, well, that's a significant advantage, but that just kind of happens because that's how it's just, you know. It's the wild west of how things work sometimes. Um, I guess. Like, I just think that if you weren't to award, you know, somebody like Chet Holmgren for rookie of the year this year, it's like, I don't. I just feel like whenever it's not about that, like, so apparently the N- NFL is the only one that does it weird because the NHL also has a rule. The NA the NHL is the one that I'm the most against after reading it. To be considered a rookie, a player must not have played in more than 25 NHL games in any preceding seasons, nor in six or more NHL games in each of any two preceding seasons. Okay. And so if you're if, over 26, you're not considered a rookie. Just automatically? I guess. That's a really that's any a really player, weird rule. Any player at least 26 years of age by September 15th of that season is not considered a rookie. Why, is, so why would the player, NHL even be worried about that? Is there another professional hockey league that's like close to the NHL? I struggle? have no idea. Zero idea. Like, What would be the likelihood of a 30-year-old walking onto the ice and winning rookie of the year? I feel like all of the like guys that like go and play for the national teams and are the best player on their national team play in the NHL. Like Ovi, It's like the NBA. I think... I think it's probably because of the money. Maybe I don't yeah, know. I would think I would like it's the same concept with the like the that's where the most money is. So that's where the best players go. So it's a player must not have played in more than twenty five games. I think total over the any seasons. So like if you've only played in like four games, but it's been like seven years, mm-hmm. doesn't count. You're still a rookie. Yeah, you're no longer yes. If you've only played in four, you still have your rookie but, year eligibility. You have to be under 25. But then if you've played in more than under six 25? games. I thought you said 26. Under 25 games. Oh, okay. But then if you have, if you played in more than six games the last two years, you also don't count. Yeah. So it's like a total lifetime of 25 or in the past two years, more than six. In each of those seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Or in each yes yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah. so you have to have two seasons with more than six or 25 games total which yeah. i think is the dumbest way rule ever yeah it's it's interesting for sure and then if you're just too old sorry yeah that's the rule that i actually have more of a beef with like why what is the point of bar of like putting that barrier up like are we really worried that i mean if uh sasha Vizenkov, you know in the nba this year on the Kings, if he was like playing better than Wemby and and Chet, and even though he's twenty eight years old, why like why should he not be allowed to win MV- or win a rookie of the year? You know, baseball is to qualify as a rookie, a player must not have exceeded more than one hundred and thirty at bats or fifty innings pitched in the majors, and also have fewer than forty five days on active rosters of major league clubs. That is excluding time on the disabled list or any time after rosters are expanded on September 1st. Hmm. So the NFL seems like the, like, not your first year after getting drafted. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting that I, I treat that way. I don't know why I... I just, I, I just think that, like, 
I just think that that advantage is like not brought up enough. Or maybe voters should just be like, oh, if their numbers are almost the same, like Wemby should probably win it this year, realistically, because he's on a worse team that like actively plays against him. Yeah. I don't know. Like his teammates make him worse and, yes. and Chet's teammates definitely make him better. And then Chet buying into that like compounds on the fact that his teammates make him better. Yeah. Anyway, that was a whole rabbit hole. Uh, we were talking about why I don't like the Cavs. Donovan Mitchell, just, I don't know, just some of just, I'm sure he's a nice guy, like as a human, I don't know, but I just, I don't know, something about like, maybe it's the, like his like 25% of the time he plays good defense. I don't know. I feel like there's way worse players with that to pick on, but and I feel like I don't like most of them. Dame, nope. You don't like Damian Lillard? It's because he left Portland. His whole his whole shtick was I'm a Portland guy. Guess what? You don't live in Portland anymore. You forced your way out. Yeah. For some reason, I thought you were a Dame guy. I don't know why I thought that. No, I'm a Dame Dalla guy. He's my favorite rapper of all time. (laughs) (laughs) Name one Dame Dalla song. Money, I think it's called. It's, I think that's right. I I'm wouldn't sure know either, money. but um, no, there's one Damian Lillard song on my like actual playlist. Oh, it's not called Moneyball. Oh, I, I'm not gonna give that to you. <laughs> okay, whatever. I feel like that's enough of a separate to name one. The criteria was to name one song, you know. I have one <laughs> Damian Lillard song on but all of my But you called him playlists. your favorite rapper of all time. I also wasn't serious. My favorite rapper of all time. I was going to try and think of like a random deep poll. Mm. Fip Fippa. Fip Fippa. From Lincoln, Nebraska. He's not from Lincoln, I don't think. I think he just moved there. Or is he from Lincoln? I don't I've, know. I don't know. He, that's, he raps about Lincoln a lot. Or really? Nebraska. I mean, he went to UNL. Oh. He he did track. He ran track at you know, I think uh, or I don't know what event he did, but he did track and field, for sure. You Google Fip Fippa rapper and it doesn't come up. People are gonna think we're making a person up. It probably. I mean, it? he's on Spotify. Um, he might have changed his name. I don't know. Fip. Mac Phipps. Mac. I think his name is Chris. Let me see. If this is the same guy. Nope, not the same guy at all. Maybe this is his father. Yeah. Uh, I honestly, he might have just disappeared off the, or we might have been having a, uh, you know, a joint hallucination, you know, real. false memory. I found it. Oh, you did, Chris Crank Phipps. That dial, his name's Phipps. His last name's Phipps, not Phippa. Yeah, that's. Oh what, yeah, Chris Phipps. Uh, veins on my own. We ready. We ready was the song they played every single day at iHeart Lincoln, 2016. See me now. And Got It Like That are all of the songs that he has listed on Apple Music under Fit Fippa, but he might have more under Chris Phipps. Oh, maybe. Know. Yeah, I don't know if he has that. Uh, that's just his legal, you know, birth name <laughs> his, is uh, Chris Phipps. But anyways, I don't, where are we at? We, okay, Cleveland Cavaliers. I don't know if I, yeah, we, we, we did the line on them already. So the next team is the Detroit Pistons, which is going to be the biggest uh, variance. You convinced me of the over. Yeah, we both did over. I locked my over. No, you convinced me of the over. Don't throw this whole. You can be your own person, you know. I could have been my own person. You were you were encouraged this entire game, by the way, 
to not do the same picks as me. Which we did for a, a lot of it. Because I think I switched on the last final Lock It Down episode because we saw Cade Cunningham and um, Jalen... Uh, Jalen Duran? Yes, Jalen Duran, both playing on the B team. Yeah, they were like insane. Yeah. And they were playing super well together. And you're like... Uh, and and also, right. like the record was like not that much lower. Like it was in the 20s last year and they did not have Cade the entire season. And so I was like... Getting Cade back, get, like being healthy, they should mm-hmm. be good. But Monty Williams, I think he bad uh, coach. He definitely he definitely uh made them stumble really bad out of the gates. I feel like, and then also they were hit with just it was, I think it was a just a perfect storm of like Monty Williams being like just having a botched head coaching job as an intro to the season, and then everybody got injured. Like mm-hmm. everyone, and then <laughs> all thirteen men were down. Yeah, and then uh, then they just started losing, and they it was and like then, the momentum of like they just could not win. I mean, I they're a better basketball team for sure than what their record is. Like I think that no, there are this Detroit Pistons team is a playoff team in two thousand and fourteen. <laughs> that might be dramatic, but it's. It's closer than people think. Yeah. I think the Spurs, the Blazers, and the Wizards are all worse teams than the Pistons. I think that that's just true. Well, Wizards, Pistons duke it out on the 15th. So, How do you know that? You I'm look looking at, at the Detroit Pistons schedule. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> uh, but they, yeah, so their line was 28 and a half. I don't know if I mentioned that. So they had to win 29 to get the over. I don't even want to look at their, what their win percentage is right now. It is not even 1%. <laughs> How is that? Or possible? no, no, that's not true. Uh, my bad. It's 7%, it's, it's, almost yeah, 8%. Not, not 10%. So it's not 0.1 yet. It's below 0.1. It 8%. Yeah, 7, point, 7.7%. 7. Or if you're doing decimal form as a percentage, 0.077. Which I know that the worst winning percentage in NBA history is over 0.1. So they're definitely they're on the worst pace. In the pace danger ever, zone. Right yeah. Um I don't I doubt they actually end the season with the worst ever. Like I think they they'll pass up the seven win Bobcats because the seven win Bobcats were seven and fifty nine because that was a lockout shortened season. And that's the worst percentage wise also ever. And so that's sixty five, seven over sixty five. Not that fast. Yeah, so that's 0.1, so that's 10.7%, almost 11%. Um, okay. So well, they're they're in the danger zone for sure. Um, but I think granted, they also that. have played a lot of good teams. Yeah, they've they've played like they played the Pacers or the Sixers and the Pacers, but they played the Sixers like four times already somehow mm-hmm. because that's where like half of Joel Embiid's points come from. <laughs> Yeah. And so there is that in their corner. Things cannot get much worse. Yeah. Uh that is definitely true. Uh their pace right now is six wins. So six point three. Is what they're projected to to uh win on the season. And that is definitely below twenty-eight point five. I would say. I'm no I'm no mathematician, but I think that six wins is less than twenty-eight point five. Yeah. Um, close, but I think you are correct. I think the biggest difference we've seen so far was four. 
and this this is 22. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I no one expected this level of just oopsie, so it's okay. Um, and yeah, at the end of the central, I think that no, no, we got two more teams. We got Pacers and Bucks. So Pacers, their line was 38 and a half. We both went over on the pay. That seems like surprising. I don't remember being that I think, high on the Pacers. No, I think when we picked the Pacers, it was when Halliburton at the uh in the Philippines happened. Oh. Yeah. That was a wild thing to it. call the FIBA World Cup. Oh, but. yeah, it was it was because they were on I think the reason why I picked them is similar reasoning to why I picked the Pistons to go over was because last year before Tyrese Halliburton went down, they were 23 they were and 17. So good. Yeah. Which is like where they're at right now. They're 23 and 15. So they're tw- they start off 23 and 17 with Tyrese Halliburton. And then Tyrese Halliburton was out for the entire rest of the season. And then they did really terribly. So I was like, with Halliburton, I think this team actually could win a lot of games or win a decent amount, you know, get to above 500, which is all they needed to do, obviously, because their line was only 38 and a half. Yeah, 38 and a half. So we both went over. We're both going to be right on that for sure, unless something completely insane happens. The Bucks line, same as the Celtics, 54 and a half. We both did stay away on the Bucks. I think it's because we didn't know it was ha- like this is either right at Dame or before Dame or just there was oh, we knew, so we many knew things. Dame was there because we Oh, because that's why we did that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like their line changed a little bit. And we were both yes. like, we just both were like, we don't know how, like, we're changing head coaches. And I would have picked under. I'm throwing that out there yeah. now. I think I've been very vocal about me being skeptical of the Bucks. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they're like definitely going to hit. I would say they might hit the over. I just, I'm just saying I would have picked under. It's oh. not held against me, but I would have picked under. Yeah. Yeah, they're on pace for 56 right now. So they're, they're are, they are on pace to hit the over. But, and that's even with their you know rough start factored in. So, I don't, yeah, I, I don't think there's anything to touch on there. And we'll just finish off the East here. And that'll be the rest of this episode. Sounds good. Um, Southeast division. We got the Hawks, 41 and a half wins. I went stay away. Jacob went under. Sick, yeah. And they Still have, feel good about that, probably. Yeah, I think that they're definitely... Because, yeah, they're well below 500. They're 0.405 is their winning percentage. So extrapolate that to 82 games. That puts them on a 33-win pace. So you got, you got it there. I used my stay away there, though. Um, and then Hornets, their over-under line was 30 and a half. Ooh, I'm wrong on this one, I think. We both went over on that. Yeah, we're just wrong. Yeah, they're probably not going to hit that. 22.9 is their winning percentage. And so that out to 82 is 19, just under 19. So that's definitely below. And then the Heat, we both went under on this. You locked your under. Feel great. At 46 and a half, which I know the Heat have been doing not bad, but... It's not as great as I thought I was going to feel, but I still feel pretty good. Yeah. I think that is going to be close because the running percentage right now is 56.8 times 82. That is right. Like 46.576 is their pace. Is what they're on pace for. Yeah. So literally just to barely pass the over. Uh, So we would both be wrong on that if the season ended today. Because I think if the season did tragically end today, then according to the, the sports books, it would just, I think it they either they, they all bets are off or they extrapolate it out to the pace. But Orlando Magic is the next team and they have the same exact pace as 
the Heat because they have the same exact win percentage and record 21.6 or 21, 21.6, 21 and 16 is their record, which is a great surprise story. Uh, Heat game has gone final maybe since you've updated. Oh, really? The Heat beat the Magic. So the Heat are 22 and 16 and the Magic are 21 and 17. Oh, okay. I just refreshed again and it's still saying that. What are you on? Google. Oh, I'm just on ESPN. Oh, okay. Yeah, because the game started at 7, so it probably, like, very recently went final. Oh. So Google might be behind. Okay, yeah. Anyway. But they still would be... The Magic are still definitely over on pace. Yes. Because their line pick over? was 36 and a half. Did we both went over, right? You did stay away. Uh, Dang. Shame. Anyway. Yeah. I went over. You stay away. Washington Wizards, this is where I use my lock on the under of 24 and a half wins as the line you you just went normal under and their pace right now is so their their winning percentage is 0.162 and so that out to 82 can't be more than 24 and a half i wouldn't think yeah so that's 13 13.3 definitely feeling good on that one and so i guess if we're keeping score on this so far i feel like who do you think is in the lead just off the top of your head i guess i haven't it might be me yeah my locks I, haven't missed. The Miami one technically counts as a miss right now. Oh, okay. Mine, uh, my Wizards one hit. Detroit definitely is not hitting. Uh, Nets, what did we get on that? Yeah, they're three wins under, so mine would be hitting on that too. Yours. Hit, hit, miss. It hits on Celtics Cleveland and, and Celtics. Cleveland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we have the same oh. score on on locks at least yeah the bam Adebayo hit a game winner 10 minutes ago oh really <laughs> for that heat magic uh nice line changing anyway there's the east it's pretty close actually which is not normally the case um, uh-huh. so are both of our locks two and one at the yeah. moment yeah we're tied on locks but but my 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 third lock was my one wrong lock was close. Is the heat close, right? Yes. Okay, cool. Okay. okay. Which now they are, they are less close to it because they yes. got another win. Because, yes. But it is still within, respectfully, I do not think you will get the Pistons over. I don't think that'll happen. Oh, yeah. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I am aware of that. But. It's it's hit or miss on whether or not the Heat will hit that hit forty six wins or not, or forty seven. They have to hit forty seven to hit the over. So, uh, but yeah, that brings us to the end of this episode, which has been the Devin Booker episode, uh, episode seventy. So, thank you guys for listening. Check out Patreon. Check out Buy Me a Coffee. Do all those things. Like, subscribe, rate the show. Look at the shorts, all that kind of stuff. And thank you guys for listening. Uh, and we will talk to you guys next episode. Stay happy. Stay healthy. Hey, Jacob. John Torres Labrum. Peace. We forgot to talk about that entire. What did you say? That John Morant Torres Labrum. Oh, I thought you said no longer... I thought you said God. <laughs> I thought you said God Torres Labrum. <laughs> well, it's funny because sometimes you say on jaw instead of on God, you know? Like on jaw. You've never heard that? No. I know jaw I means like... God in Jamaican. but On jaw. Maybe that's why people say, no, I on jaw. I've never heard that in my life, and I listen to like ten times more rap music than you. But I've well, never I don't heard think that. it's like a. I don't know. I know. I mean, like JID and some rappers, they say Jaw instead of God sometimes. 
I've heard like, but um, that's the only reason I knew that is because of a JID bar where he references John Morant, but it's a double entendre for God also. And then he says bear in there. There's a reference to the Grizzlies. Apparently it was an XXX. I can't say his name. Tentacion. And I still don't. Tentacion? Yeah. I d- what what, what would you, you say? I always say it wrong and I say XXX Encarnacion because I it's the first thing to find. That is not I know even it's wrong. I know it's wrong. But it I just ten Tentacion. Tentacion. Yeah, I can't do that. Really? This is Tentacion. Why is that hard? I'm I'm so confused. Also, for anybody wondering where I said Encarnacion, it's from the movie Nacho Libre. Yeah. It's the nun that he loves. Um yeah, on jaw, that's like a, a a common verbiage. Wait, let's let's stick on the tentacion thing for a second. What? I'm stupid. No, but like, end of story. Just say tentacion. Why you can't? Ten, tentacion feels doesn't feel like a name. Okay, yeah, that's fair. But I thought you were saying that you literally couldn't say it, even if you were hearing it. Oh said. no, it's not like someone trying to like say that Sally sold seashells by the seashore with a list. Okay, I just like feel like it's not a name, and it feels weird saying. XXX Tentacion. That's where I... Maybe it's the XXX before. Because I can say Tentacion. That's right? Yeah. I mean, that's how I hear it said most of the time. XXX Tentacion. Now it's fixed forever. Too late. No new music's coming, but... (laughs) (laughs) It's actually not even true, but... Does he have, like, a vault? Like Lil Wayne? Oh, yeah. He's been, he, they've been releasing X music for like, like every few months since he died. How long has he been dead? Since 2019, I think. 20, wow. At least he didn't have 2018. Yeah, he missed out on COVID. That's good. Yeah. June 18th, 2018. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, okay, here, it has it on Google. Let me listen to it. Yeah, it says XXX Tentacion. Well, Google's smarter than I am, obviously. There's, I'm going to show you the, you know what the capital of Madagascar is? The capital of Madagascar? Yeah. Is it like Lemurville or something? No. Mort? Uh, no. It, just look it up so you can see it. And try, okay. I don't know how to pronounce this. I haven't even looked up how to yet. But this Antana is. Antananarivo. Say that? It's like Antananarivo. Or Revo. I don't think the V make a V sound. Antana Narivo. Yeah, okay, yeah, that one. Antana Narivo. Yeah. I don't know why I've heard that before or why I know oh, you that. Oh, ha- you've it's... heard that? Okay, that's probably why. Yeah. I didn't just pull that out of the... Because I think it'd be Antananarivo. That's kind of like how I was saying it when I was trying to pronounce it earlier. Antana Narivo. But, like, that's that's one that I understand of, like, looking at it, It's like, how do you say that? But Tentacion, Ante- I'm like... And ton on wow. Honestly, trying to read it like the phonetic syllables makes because yeah. apparently Google says it's Antanana Revo. Typing it is crazy. Yeah, it's like a it's like banana on steroids. Exactly. That's how I think of it. The bananas. A N T A N A N A R I V O. Yeah, because on Sporkle I did like the, I just, the quiz of do typing in all of the uh African mm. capital city names, names of the African capitals. And uh you have to spell them exactly right. So uh, I had to type it like that a few times, but anyways, we're still in the episode right now. We never like finished entirely. I said peace. Yeah, we kind of butchered. John Morant tore his labrum. Peace. Yeah, we can't. 
we, we did we kind of butchered the outro but like we i'll, I'll just again. i'll just end it here i'll leave all this in for the you know extra content for people at home to consume but yeah uh thanks for listening we will talk eat it <laughs> thanks for listening stay happy stay healthy and we will talk to you guys next episode jotavius morant tore his labrum peace I don't know if his name's Jotavius. I feel no, like it's, it's not. Demetrius. <laughs> it's Demetrius. His middle name is Ja. Yeah, it's actually uh, Demetrius Ja Morant Jr. And his dad goes by T Morant. And he goes by Ja. I feel like it'd be cooler if he went by Demetrius. Really? Like, imagine this. Imagine the brand. It would be not. That's not a good branding. Like Demetrius. No, but like, just think but about like Ja is watching, like Demetrius like, with the slam. I feel like that'd be cool. I don't know. Yeah, but Jaw is like way cooler. J-A is- as a name. Yeah, Jaw? J-A. Yeah, cool. That resonates, I feel like, with everybody. But Except for people that can't read. <laughs> I'm so tired. I yeah, worked at this six this morning. This episode was so bad. I, I worked at six this morning. I'm like a zombie. I have been not getting sleep the last couple nights. I, like I told you the other night, I stay up till mm-hmm. 520. Last night, I stay up till like 3. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to hit the red button, stop recording, and call, and then go 9-9. Okay. Tommy Trius with the slam!